Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. live from Florida's capital city. This is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. To Jeff Cameron Show, Balls Wednesday edition. Thanks for joining us. Glad to have you here always. I'm Jeff. That is Tom. Director Matthew here as well. It's that time of year. The holiday parties begin. I imagine you guys are headed to yours as well. We've got one tonight. Should be fun to get together with the lads. Which means that some kind of news is going to break. Always. They did always. one last year, remember? At, uh, or was it two years ago now? Downstairs at the Seventh Hill. Yeah, we well, something it. broke. Yeah, I yep. couldn't quite remember what that was. Do you? No, I just remember that was we that, were helping was, with the distribution of it. Was that that we got Jermaine Johnson or something? Could have been. Or something like that? Something Jared like Verse, that, maybe? Yes. Uh, our party starts at 6. You can bet around 10 after 6 something is going to break because it's like the headlines curse for the holidays. A lot of uh, news on the social media outlets and the World Wide Web that uh, are conflicting reports about a lot of things. Everybody exhale. We'll see what happens with Florida State. This roster is the hyper-focus right now. Who's going to play in the bowl? Who's not? We don't know. I don't know how many people are interested in that just yet in terms of the bowl. Maybe you're interested in who's playing in it. I wonder. Uh, I, I actually was told that tickets have sold briskly for the Orange Bowl. Now, I don't, corporations or fans? I, I don't I don't know, but I was told that the allotment of tickets that Florida State gets have sold briskly. Now, first of all, it's in a desired location. The time of year that it is, a lot of people, if you have Knowles out of state somewhere where it's cold, it's a chance to go to Miami, maybe go to the beach and make a, a weekend of it with your family or something like that. If you live anywhere near Miami, it's an easy jaunt. If you're in St. Pete or something like that, you just jump on over. It's not a, a real far drive. So maybe that would explain it. Uh, I I have yet to feel that. I am not uh, that 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 the, the engendering of this you know go support this group who got screwed thing 
it's less about that. I, I get that you would want to do that. You would want to send them off right. But the problem is you don't know who you're sending off right uh, when you go. I think the proper attitude, if you can swing it, is to support the players that are going to play. Of course. They're the future of the university. I look forward to seeing the game for that purpose, but there will be no butterflies before this game kicks off, and that's the sad part. You know, We'll have some sort of pregame element before it kicks at 4 o'clock on the 30th, and I will not feel nervous one iota for this game. I'm going to be curious, but I won't be nervous, and that's sad because when you're 13-0 and playing in a postseason game, you should be ready to vomit during it's, a pregame it's re- show. It's really hard to know how you're going to feel until you know who's going to play. Look, let's be honest here. If Tate plays, and we don't know that he's going to, we don't know his situation, we don't know how he feels about the fact that Florida State's bringing in two different quarterbacks this week, maybe more, that they're going to take a look at, you know, that might, if he's upset and wants to get on with the getting, perhaps to go somewhere else and play football, he may opt out for good reason. He may need to transfer. He may may need to put his name in the portal. I don't know. So we'll see if that's going to be the case. Um, if it's not him, then it's Brock Glenn. And, you know, it's hard to imagine Brock Glenn with backup wide receivers and backup offensive linemen in some cases and backup running backs is going to have a lot of success against Georgia because if we're getting into the argument about backups for backups, they got better backups. They've had year over year over year sustained elite recruiting. So your backups are are not going to be as good as their backups. So this could be a, a nothing game that indicates not a whole lot other than you're a couple years behind in recruiting in terms of overall depth of elite talent. That's what it would prove. Unfortunate. And that's a hell of a downer. You know how the narrative is going to be co-opted. You know what's going to happen. If Florida State starts – let me just paint a picture. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know who's playing who's not playing. I don't know who Mike can convince to play. I don't know what – what the mindset is of these players, right? But if by chance you go into this game with three sort of non-starters or guys that haven't played much on the offensive line starting this game, and you don't have, let's say, Jaheim Bell, and you don't have Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson, okay? Now you're starting a third-string quarterback, backup offensive line, backup receivers who missed a ton of time due to injury. So we know Hakeem Williams missed a ton of time due to injury. We know that Destin Hill missed a ton of time due to injury. And we don't know, again, I always bring this up, where Vendravius Jacobs heads at. So you've got, what are the chances that you're going to sustain any kind of success if that's your offensive unit going against Georgia's backups? It, virtually none. Virtually none. It's, it, it's hard to get excited about that. But what will happen is Florida State would likely lose in that scenario badly, and then people will use it unfairly to say, well, see, you didn't belong. And it's not even close to apples to apples. I would say in that scenario that this fan base and its factor of couldn't care less about the national narrative is at an all-time high. Is at an all-time high. And I would think most of us at this point have learned the lesson that we couldn't care less for what the national talking heads say because this year, when they had something to boast about for Florida State, they chose not to. Mm-hmm. So who cares? Who cares? We'll talk about the national media, maybe directly to them as a fan base, in a peaceful way in Ireland. Because a lot of them will be there. A lot of them will be there. And that could be a fun setting 
in the right way. Oh, absolutely. Hopefully it doesn't turn crazy, but it could be a fun setting to let them know what we think about them and that this is going to be an elephant's memory here. This isn't something that you can patch together <clears throat> with uh, a little tour that you do in the offseason saying mea culpa. Now, this is forever. This is forever what you did. It won't be forgotten. I really, again, we're nine months away from going over there. Uh, I, It will be very, very interesting to see how this sets up and plays out for college game day in Dublin. This fan base is not going to forget what happened. They do hold ESPN largely responsible. I think there are aspects of that that are completely fair. There are also aspects of it that I don't think really had anything to do with them. Um, that committee proved to be weak, malleable, subject to way too much influence by the talking heads. It's all we're surrounded by. You got Jim Phillips on the one side. You got this committee on the other side. Well, committees are always dangerous, man. You've had extensions of grants of rights within our own organization. The grant rights in the first place, okay, maybe in that moment you might have been okay in terms of it's the best option you have. The second, I don't think it was, but the, the second extension, extension. Yeah, that's the problem. God, dog it. Weakness yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Feeble, like a David Cutcliffe handshake. Everywhere. Dead fish. Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody announcing yesterday that she is launching an investigation into the college football playoff selection committee over the decision, obviously, to leave Florida State out of the top four. She said that the state's antitrust division is sending a civil investigative demand to the committee for, quote, more information about the nature of possible contracts, conspiracies in restraint of trade or monopolization of trade and commerce relating to anti-competitive effects of the college football playoff. Quote, my office is launching an investigation to examine if the committee was involved in any anti-competitive conduct. As it stands, the committee's decision reeks of partiality. So we are demanding answers, not only for FSU, but for all schools, teams, and fans of college football. As part of the investigation, Moody wants communications between the SEC, ACC, NCAA, ESPN, Group of Five, and Power Five conferences as it relates to deliberations, compensation of committee members, how individual committee members voted, the names of those present during any vote, and information related to the software used to record votes, in addition to several other requests. They want transparency. They want to know how did this go down? How did this play out? How heavily influenced were the committee members by what entities? Be that ESPN, the SEC, you name it. I say that to say this. John Skipper, the former president of ESPN, in an interview on the Dan Lebitard show, slipped up a bit. I believe we have this audio. Now, this is taken, just so you know, as just a snippet as part of a larger conversation. Generally speaking, I like John Skipper. I like listening to him. I think he's insightful. I think he's interesting. Uh, he's flawed, but I think he's a, a fascinating individual. So it's kind of worth listening to the whole interview and discussion. But for our purposes, this stood out, and not because we're cherry-picking, but because it caused both Tom and I to raise an eyebrow. And I, I suspect that for people who currently work at ESPN, they wished that he had not said this. 
David believes that anytime anything happens, it happens because it benefits somebody yes. financially. Can you imagine thinking <laughs> that? I must be out of my mind to think I'm that. I'm just telling you, I was there. We tried hard to influence things. We did not get to pick Alabama being in and FSU being out. Okay, so here's what I would tell you. The reason any of that is fascinating is the line, we tried hard to influence things. We tried hard to influence things. Boom, stop it. Excuse me? Well, that's a problem. (laughs) So that's not going to help extinguish the flames. (laughs) That's not going to do anybody any good if you're trying to refute what Kirk Herbstreet would call conspiracy theories. You got a problem when the former president of the company says, we tried very hard to influence things. Now, yes, he follows it up by saying, we didn't get to pick. I believe that's true. But all I needed to hear was that you were trying very, very hard to influence things. Now, he was not there for this latest round with this committee. They, of course, have a financial interest. We see how these dots are connected. You don't have to go off the grid and be crazy to come up with a conspiracy theory about this. There are financial stakes. I'm not sure, I think, per individual, we could all sit down and vet how it is we arrive at whatever our theory is about what happened here. But I know that for those that would summarily dismiss the idea that there is a guiding hand amongst a financial partnership, well, you can't do that now. Not after that quote. You can't say, no, it doesn't happen, doesn't exist, no influence whatsoever. No, you can't. You can't say it. The president, the former president of the company just told you that they tried hard to influence things. And what does that look like? I'm curious. Well, that's what this filing's about. What does that look like? What does it look like? Does it mean, is that a directive? Is that for you, your editorial portion of the company, meaning you're talking heads and writers, are they given and dictated to uh, an outline of what they would like to hear and see from them? We tried hard to influence things. ESPN's biggest weapon, because they're paying into the system, they're not receiving money from the system, but they're paying in. Their biggest weapon is their broadcast. And we've long thought and said out loud since 2014. Yeah, you go back. Since the first year of the playoff show. And before FSU was even screwed that year and moved down. Yeah. We thought that that was a dog and pony show because the only one that matters is the last one. That's correct. It's not the ride that you go on. You're going to have guys take turns on that dais saying different things over the course of the year because they have to keep it entertaining. They have to make it a reality show. Okay. That implies that the integrity of the person who is doing the speaking is in question. And yeah, I said that yeah. during— now, I, now, admittedly, I could never prove that. Sure. I allege that. I inferred that I thought that's what was going on. I did the same when Herb Street was talking weeks before this all yes. went down, and I said, "You, there's a look on his face. We've all been in broadcasting to know a look on somebody's face when they're saying something they don't, they don't believe. Now, that's an allegation on my part. Right. And some might say it's a conspiracy. In fact, Kirk did on social media say that Florida State is is cooking up conspiracy theories instead of being interested in facts. But here's the deal now. Your editorial integrity is in question at ESPN when the head of the company, former as he is, says... 
that we tried hard to influence things. Yeah, and I'm sure that does no favors to those that are asked to give their opinion as part of the way that they're paid, right? You you are asked to give your informed opinion as a former player and now a talking head, right? That's tough because I could see being put in a terrible position, a terrible predicament as somebody who talks for a living, gives an opinion for a living, have been accused of any number of things, right, that I know to not simply be true. They're not true. Like I, I would read an email and be like, well, buddy, if you only knew – I, if you only understood that this Monday morning I got up, read an article, thought this about said article, formulated my thoughts, did a little bit of research, and came to the table with this opinion that I wasn't bought and paid for, that I just said this because it's the Jeff Cameron Show and I'm asked to give my opinion on the Jeff Cameron Show. Jeff's opinion is what's being asked. And, and people will, because I've been on the other end of that. I've seen what that looks like. That's a bad feeling because you want to reach out to that person and say, listen, I, I feel you, man. I got it. You, you're very upset. You seem to think something that's simply not true, and I can prove that it's not. Well, and we can't tell you about what happens at practice or some whispers that we got right. from a source that we can't burn. Right. But All I can lead you to the water. I'm trying to yeah. help you right. out here. Right. Yeah, that's tough. If you're in a position, again, I've said this repeatedly, I don't think that anybody would have had a problem. They wouldn't have liked it. There's a lot of things we don't like. But you can live with certain aspects, especially if you got a level head on your shoulder, of what the person's being tasked with doing. If Kirk Herbstreet had once said, when asked about the top four teams in the country, I don't think Florida State is one of the four best teams in the country. Okay, fair. You were asked a question you don't think they are. Okay. I have said countless times, and, and you know, had that be basically – a counter opinion to what the national narrative was. I've come on the air before. Go back to targeting. Uh, the, from the first year, it was called the penalty. I said, this is nonsense. This, this is hogwash. You're making the game more dangerous with this nonsense. You've got guys diving for knees now that never would have because they can't, they can't be bothered with hitting anybody in the chest or the waist because they're going to get called for a penalty. And you are this policy is going to lead to more injuries. I, I said it was largely made up. Doesn't exist. At a time when people were like very, very concerned about, and rightfully so, the health of the players, that was the opinion of a Neanderthal to go on the air and say that. People would be like, really? So you just are not going to allow safety to be part of this discussion? You're just not going to do it? I have a very small platform. He's a national talking head. He has the biggest voice in college football. If he's asked who you think the top four teams are, and he doesn't name Florida State, Florida State fans are going to be mad. But you can have that opinion, and I don't allege conspiracy. I think it's a, it, it's a, it's a valued debate. We could debate this. I mean, I, I thought for a time Oregon might be the best team in the country, then they turned around and lost to Washington. We don't know. They're not facts. These are opinions. So fine. Which is another reason why Florida State should have been there because we, we don't know exactly. We don't know. Which is also so. What fact are you citing to right, put Florida no State fact. fifth? There's no fact. You there. clown. Yeah. First of all, you shill. If you're gonna do it, Georgia. How you mean to tell me Georgia's the number one team in the country for right. two years, loses yeah. one game to Alabama, and they fall to sixth? And you're gonna tell me that you elevate Florida State to fourth before championship weekend? You would have dropped them then if you truly believed but, it as a committee, and but you weren't. That now we're talking about now we're talking about two things. There, we're talking about what the committee did, yeah. which I do not blame him for that kind of foolishness. The narrative is what we blame Kirk Kirk for, and that's fair. They're trying too. hard to influence things, and yeah, so did yeah. it come from Kirk or did it come from above? Well, that's what we don't know. But now can be legitimately questioned it because... Can, and that's the point of this discussion. It can be legitimately questioned because we just heard the former president of ESPN say they tried hard to... Influence. Now, I know what people will do 
And I think there's a ton of nuance in this discussion. A lot, I, I would like to have Kirk Herbstreet on. I've had him on before. I'd like to have what would be a difficult conversation, I'm sure. We'll see if it happens. I think when things settle down, it might happen. But when I heard that quote from Skipper today, and we talked about it, it, it is unsettling. It's certainly for all of the, what I would have described in the past, tinfoil hat people, it's certainly, it certainly... It confirms their worst fears. I'd play the 20 seconds one more time if you let me, just because it lends a little bit more context. Than play, it, play it, okay. David believes that anytime anything Okay, stop happens, it for a second. We're going to start over. Because- let me explain. He's talking to David Sampson. And Pablo Torre. And Pablo Torre. Yeah. Go ahead. David believes that anytime anything happens, it happens because it benefits somebody yes. financially. Can you imagine thinking that? <laughs> I must be out of my mind to think I'm that. I'm just telling you, I was there. We tried hard to influence things. We did not get to pick Alabama being in and FSU being out. And, and I could, if we wanted to sit here without taking a commercial, but we can't tell you and i know what he would do and it would be the right thing to do if he wanted to take a step back and say here's what i meant he would say that when they were negotiating the deals and they were doing all this that they wanted to influence they wanted to have say over perhaps but also the other thing is in the context of the full 10 minutes what you'll hear in those 10 minutes is that he got an advance phone call from the playoff committee yes as to who the top four are before it makes air quote unquote a couple minutes before yes <laughs> sure now that that i know is nonsense of course it is because yeah. because I've, we've seen it come across the yes the truck an hour early yeah yeah yeah. okay come on now Who, what so what are you taking us for here that you got to call two minutes before and then david samson does ask him later because samson's on the conspiracy train because he believes follow the money in, in all things and the well and the important <laughs> thing to note here too I'll, I'll, a quick sidebar he was not the head of ESPN when they had the deal with the SEC the way they do now. Right. So, if they now tried that, to influence yes. things before... Before the deal that they have now, with the which SEC, is massive. We've already seen what's going on there. And there's a legacy of trying to influence things, trying hard to influence things when they have the SEC deal. Come on, it's at least a legitimate question and no longer a baseless conspiracy theory. That's the head of the network. It's not some dude that works the ESPN News Sports Center desk that nobody watches. It's the head of the network. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, your integrity's in question. Everybody on that editorial staff, your your integrity is in question because now he's telling people that this is potentially propaganda because they want to influence things rather than a, an honest analysis of the situation. So I don't know if you saw this, and then we definitely have to take a break, but very quickly, uh, Matt Baker of the Times did a piece in which uh, they, they basically ran a conspiracy theory by a sports businessman, okay? And... In that, they cite the various conspiracy theories. The playoff committee's selected and stated, I mean, uh, the playoff selection committee's stated reason. That's included in the article. Um, All of that. So, in that article, there have been those that, you know, would say, well, there's no evidence to support the arguments unless you think the order of helmets behind analyst Kirk Herbstreet was assigned. (laughs) 
<laughs> and you're like, yeah, maybe, maybe, right? It's legitimate to question that because they had the 6 o'clock Sports Center nine years ago. ESPN partners with the ACC, too, and committee chairperson Boo Corrigan is the athletic director of an ACC school, North Carolina State, that would have made more money with FSU, not Alabama, in the field. Now, you could carry that out. Again, you could, you could say further, NC State was the one that voted to bring in these other teams, and they're mad at Florida State for publicly stating they want to get out. So this is a screw job even within the ACC to screw the one member of the conference that they hate now because that conf- that that member told them to go to hell. I think that's a little too far because it's a little too complicated. There's a simpler answer, but yes. They ran the theory by a guy named Ray Katz. He's the chief operating officer of the media rights and business firm Collegiate Sports Management Group and teaches at Columbia University. Would Alabama be a larger draw for casual fans in a way that FSU wouldn't be? Quote, I'm not going to say that Florida State wouldn't be. I think it's an incredibly compelling story. FSU would have added a different name brand program to the field. Alabama has only missed the playoff twice in 10 years. FSU has qualified for the semifinals in 2014. The Knowles overcame Travis's injury to win the ACC as Mike Norvell's four-year rebuilding process culminated with a perfect season. It's easy to envision that story attracting a lot of viewers. But there is data on Alabama's dominance, and it's overwhelming. The Crimson Tide averaged 7.3 million viewers over the 11 games tracked by Sports Media Watch. The dozen FSU games with available data averaged 4.2 million. Every week that Alabama is on, in any kind of reasonable TV platform, they dominate. That's the reality of the situation. I think it's a bit of a Nick Saban effect here. He stirs the pot. You either tune in to watch him win, or you tune in and hope that he loses. It's a fact. And then they went on to point out that the various politicians of the state are getting involved in this. Katz went on to say, here's his conspiracy theory. He goes, if there is one. A real problem with all these popularity contests and prognostications. How big of an underdog? We all get into this. We factor in these arguments. It really shouldn't matter. My conspiracy theory is it's about defending why we're going to a 12-team playoff. When the field expands from four teams to 12 next year, Teams that play in the first round and keep winning will play two more games than they do now. The longer season adds more obvious wear and tear on players' bodies, will cut into the students' class, free time, depending on the schedules, of course. Katz said an exclusion like an undefeated Florida State provides a reason to justify why they continue to expand. The Knowles would have made a 12-team field, we know. It defends that. The 14, 15, maybe 16 games the teams are now going to be asked to play. Okay, that's fair and reasonable. Skipper in the 10 minutes says he thinks that the committee itself overthought the situation. I think they did For two too. reasons. Number one, they want more compelling games. They don't want it to be a TV dud. Well, then they're taking and steering this as opposed to that's what's his earned. opinion. Yes, is that they overthought it and they thought about the the nature of the matchups rather than now the, the, the reason, protocol. The reason they overthought it was because of the narrative. This is what we get back. They exactly. were getting pounded over the head with the narrative. If you want to say unequivocally that you believe that there are executives from ESPN and the SEC influencing the committee, that's one thing. I don't I don't necessarily agree with that. I don't think there's enough information right. to, to say responsibly that with certainty. say that with certainty, yes. But if you want to now question, and you already have been questioning, ESPN's editorial integrity, the integrity and the honesty with which they present their so. arguments. You can absolutely do so. And you say that it's not just first take at 10 o'clock that's scripted, it's all of it that's scripted, all of their takes. You can now say that in a more legitimate way than you couldn't before this right. interview was conducted. Right, and what I said to you in that moment when we were having this discussion off air before we brought it to air is that imagine then that you are legitimately asked to give an opinion that is your own. 
you are pissed today because of this nonsense, because of that utterance. Now, even if it is just your opinion. If it always was. Always your opinion. You just thought that to be true, which, by the way, you could do. I mean, we have Florida State fans who are of that opinion. It's tough. It, 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 if I was Kirk, I would run to any availability I could in the offseason because my integrity has been impugned by my former boss. What, here's what I don't understand. I don't think it's smart on his part or anybody else's part in that situation to go on the defensive because you don't like the criticisms you received on social media. He can't help himself. But no, well, Keep hitting them. Like, stop. But what I'm saying, if I'm him, you got to ignore all of that. It's not easy, especially if people say things that are blatantly false or impugn your integrity or lie about your family or whatever else, okay? Oh, there's a line, but you, can, is, now, you yeah. can now question his integrity. Fine, fine. But I'm saying you can't respond to that if you're him, and you can't be influenced by that. That's the mistake. The mistake is that you shouldn't – you ought to own it. You ought to own it. You should just say, look, I have nothing against Florida State. I don't, you don't believe me. Get it. There's nothing I can tell you now that's going to make you believe me. I don't believe Florida State is one of the four best teams. I stand by that. They asked my opinion. I happen to have a very large voice within the world of college football. They asked it repeatedly, and I repeatedly said, I don't think they're one of the four best teams. And based on their own bylaws, I cited – I thought there was an out, and I'm standing by that. Now, listen, he would still be hated. Sure. But Florida the, State fans would still be angry. The proper follow-up is to get him to admit that he didn't believe it before Jordan Travis Correct, got correct. Because it's very convenient now to say, well, he got hurt. Right. He got hurt. What do you don't, want us to yeah, do? Yeah, don't do that. Don't do just it. Just say There's you don't. you, pal. Well, just, just say you don't think they were. I mean, I can't tell you how many times you and I have yelled at each other about any number of teams the way that all sports fans do. We did this year. Yes, I can watch a game and tell you I don't think that Pittsburgh is better than Chicago. And we'll get into whatever that argument is. Even now, I believe Florida State had a better chance of winning the title if they were in this field than you do, I think. Oh, I think that's absolutely true. Yeah, I I I think think our chances took a serious hit obviously when you lose the starting quarterback now well that's that's suggests that different. i don't believe no that. no i know true. no i know you believe that uh i yes i think it would have been much more difficult than you do but i did not say and this is where i think we get mad at kirk too i did not say it was impossible especially with the way this defense was playing moreover with getting daryl jackson back yeah I think with daryl jackson back with that defensive line playing as it was especially you're gonna play michigan and that offense, if you slow that run game down, mm-hmm. we're talking about a fourth quarter tied at 17. You play Washington. It's within the margin to beat either of those two teams. Correct, and it is. really, if Alabama is in a position to need a fourth and 31 against Auburn, you're telling right. me it's, okay. not without, yeah. it's not outside the realm of possibility that you could hang with them? Oh, sure, you can't do that. Right. Same no. thing with Texas. Yeah, Texas this, defense is awful. Take could have lit them up. This is, this is not what Georgia was two years ago. Like the Georgia, not last year's national champion. That Georgia team two years ago would have beat this Florida State team by fifty. That is the source of my real anger. Here is this is a field. This is a wide open field. I agree. Damn it! Which is why you can't make the definitive statement. All the more reason that these are facts. No, 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 no. You don't know. You suspect Alabama would beat Florida State, but you don't know. You tried hard and you succeeded this year. You shill. (laughs) Chef Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV.
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply hello there podcasters oh don't worry i won't prattle on for two minutes like i do with some of the other reads zaxby's doesn't demand it of me <laughs> Zaxby's like, look, just tell everybody that we have the best chicken sandwich in all the land. That's easy. I can do that. I can attest to that. A delicious, thick, juicy, tasty Zaxby's chicken sandwich is where it's at. Of course, the strips are a given. You like the strips? We get the strips on game days. The platters are lifesavers. Mm -hmm. If you're going to a party, a pool party, say, this summer, and what do I bring? Just bring a Beer Giant thing. No. and Zaxby's. Worry about the beer. You bring the Zaxby's, you're going to be the hero. Just uh-huh. make sure you get all the sauces, too. They've got like 97 sauces, and they're all delicious. I don't know if you guys know this. There are 27 Zaxby's in Tallahassee alone. 27. You can't miss them. I think that's true in general in every city in America. They're like so peach trees in Atlanta. They're everywhere. Look around. Find you a Zaxby's and get after it. By the way, your Tallahassee Zaxby's a proud Golden Chief booster for 18 years. Go Knowles. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness, two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Good to be with you. Really quickly, I uh, wanted to read this article to you or at least reference it so that we can get angrier. College athletes who were denied the chance to play immediately after transferring a second time can return to competition for now after a federal judge issued a 14-day temporary restraining order Wednesday against the NCAA. U.S. District Judge John Preston Bailey in Northern West Virginia issued the order against the NCAA from enforcing the transfer rule. A lawsuit filed by West Virginia and six other states alleged the rule's waiver process violated federal antitrust laws. A hearing on the restraining order is scheduled for December 27th. NCAA rules allow underclassmen to transfer once without having to sit out a year. But an additional transfer as an undergraduate generally requires the NCAA to grant a waiver allowing the athlete to compete immediately. Without it, the athlete would have to sit out for a year at the new school. Last January, the NCAA implemented stricter guidelines for granting those waivers on a case-by-case basis. This affects the basketball team currently with Primo Spears. 
The states involved in seeking the restraining order were Colorado, Illinois, New York, North Carolina, Ohio, Tennessee, and West Virginia. It wasn't immediately clear whether any of the affected players would try to compete during the 14-day window and what ramifications they could face if the NCAA would eventually prevail in the lawsuit. So why do I bring it up? I bring it up because under this ruling, Daryl Jackson would have been eligible to play immediately. Of course, he was not, and he did not. And I'm still angry about that because he was the best defensive tackle they had in camp. He was amazing. And he's a freak. You don't see that size uh, that moves like that. Now, motivation and all that, we would have had to see. But he's a guy. He's a dude. So, and we'll see what happens with him moving forward. But this NCAA, excuse me, this court ruling overriding the NCAA, which is what the courts do every time they're asked about the NCAA. Hey, NCAA, I'm sending you a fax. It's a picture of my ass cheeks. Over and over and over again. So, you know, I really wish, I really wish. I really wish Alford said that. <laughs> I just sent you a fax. Yeah, it's a picture of my ass cheeks. Um, so good luck to these young, uh, players that maybe have an opportunity now. I could, yeah, we can very flexible. I wrote unconquered <laughs> across the two of them. <laughs> um, I don't know what else to say other than I'm mad now. We went so long. This has got to be a short segment. But that that reading that article, you're like, really? Oh, okay, great. Basically, West Virginia basketball player Raekwon Battle transferred this season from Montana State after previously playing at Washington. He's been sitting out. Quote, I'm in the gym every single day with this team. With the blood, sweat, and tears, all of it. When the ball's thrown up and the tip-off starts, I'm not suited up. It hurts. It hurts me the most. That'd be Daryl Jackson, who's suited up every day for practice. That'd be Daryl Jackson who was giving it his all every day of practice. And intermittently was the best player in practice across yeah. both sides of the ball. Mm. Uh, every once in a while, he'd remind you on a given day. You're like, oh, okay, well, that's different. So, you know, we'll we'll find out, I guess. Um, by, by the way, so there's a, another side to this story that is a human interest story and, and fascinating. I bring up Raekwon Battle. He grew up in the Tulalip Indian Reservation in the state of Washington. Said his mental health is a big reason why he came to West Virginia. He's lost countless people to drugs, alcohol, and COVID on the reservation. After Battle visited West Virginia, he learned that now coach Josh Elliott had lived on the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation in South Dakota with his mother following his parents' divorce and felt a connection with the coach immediately. West Virginia Attorney General Patrick Morrissey said in a statement, the ruling paves the way for student-athletes like Raekwon Battle to play in the sport they love and continue to improve themselves. We're looking forward to proving definitely, definitively that the NCAA has violated the Sherman Act by failing to maintain a consistent and defensible transfer rule and by de- denying these athletes the chance to play. There you go. The Sherman Act. Thanks a lot, guys. Yeah. The lawsuit alleged requiring athletes to sit can mean lost potential earnings from endorsement deals with their name. 
image, and likeness or professional careers. It pointed to exposure from competing in national broadcasts, noting one game could take a college athlete from a local fan favorite to a national household name. It is ironic that this rule, stylized as promoting the welfare of all college athletes, strips them of the agency and opportunity to optimize their own welfare. To a degree, that's true. To a degree, that's true. I would say we can't have infinite transfers. (laughs) We need to have committable offers that range from one year to three to four. I think that's the only fair thing. So on signing day, there should be a second line. And you get to report, K.J. Bolden says yes to Florida State. He has signed a one-year agreement, or he signed a three-year agreement. And with that carries, a one. if you say three years and you sign three years, okay. If you want to transfer, Mike Norvell didn't get fired. You can, but you got to sit a season. Yeah. Them's the rules. So we know that they – this is the other maddening aspect of the NCAA is sort of this lack of transparency and sort of haphazard manner in which certain people are given the transfer and others are not. Now, I don't know exactly what was, uh, you know, the case for uh, Devontae Walker at North Carolina, but you saw that initially they declined it in the same way they did Daryl Jackson. It was only after – North Carolina fought it and stated publicly that uh, obviously the NCAA was in the wrong, that they then came back and said, oh, well, if they had sent us the proper documentation. You know, the NCAA is wrong in that scenario, and they still kind of let North Carolina skate anyway because he got to play and Daryl didn't get to play. That's what I'm saying. But The point, inconsistencies are maddening. But what I'm chuckling about over here is, uh, so what was Carolina's record when they got him back? To the, it was <laughs> well, like he, two and four? He had that one great game immediately. He did. But, and then they got hurt. Then he I'm, got hurt again. Yeah. I'm just talking about from that point moving forward, he did get hurt, and I'm not laughing at that part. I'm no. just saying that they go through all this rigmarole to get him back. They do. There's a bit of a bump, but then they lose like four games by the end of the season. Did it end up five? I forget. I don't remember. I remember what USC it was. dropped down to five, and they were everybody's national champion. But uh, North Carolina, with maybe the number one overall pick, found a way to lose a ton of games. Hey, as an aside, before we go to break, I knew you got a chuckle out of this, and he was hurt by it. But I mean, it would be hard to uh, see the uh, the side that Al Michaels would argue. You saw there's no playoff game for him this year. He did not know that that was coming. No, either. no. They're like, look here, you curmudgeon. We're tired of hearing you. You're pissed off every time you get on there for the damn Amazon broadcast. Give it a day. Call it a day. So in the article in the Post, because New York Post Sports is good. Marshan knows what he's doing. Yeah. He quotes Al from last month when he interviewed him, and he said, no, I, I'm on the, the playoff broadcast. It's in my contract. No, you're it's, not. It's clearly in my contract. Are, are you being told something that I'm not told? And that's the quote. So Al was going through the motions on the phone calls. Wait, wait a minute. Why are we having this conversation? The 79-year-old Al Michaels was the voice of Sunday Night Football from 2006 through 2021 before leaving for Amazon Prime Video's Thursday Night Package when his contract expired. He's been an all-time great. His best days are well behind him. And now he can't be bothered is the best way to describe Al Michaels' broadcast style. He can't be bothered. Can't be bothered, and he's... uh, Annoyed by everything. Flanked by uh, perhaps a corrupt Kirk Kirkstreet. Oh, good Lord, Tom. Anyhow, that's the Thursday crew. Uh, yes. <laughs> that has nothing to do with the in-game broadcast. I'm just, I'm just saying when you turn on the TV on Thursday night, those are the two you get. It has Al, to be. who's over it, and Kirk, who's like, I'm, let me, here's a video of my dog. He does a good job of the in-game analysis in the Thursday night broadcast. Though. 
And I'll grant you that's a fake service talk. Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. Hey, welcome a new advertiser to the program. This one I like. Why do I like them? I used them. I already used them. Then they said, we want to be on with you, Cameron. Good, because I'm already using you. I'd like to save some money. I'm talking about factor. Now, I could read a script. I have one here. The bustling holiday season. You're looking for nutritious, flavorful meals to fuel your jam-packed days. Factor's America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service. I'm not going to do that, though. I don't need to do that. I like not meal prepping. I like having a delicious meal before me in two and a half minutes out of a microwave prepped by a professional chef. It is delicious. Protein meals with 30 grams of protein or more per serving in some cases. I could get the uh, low-calorie conscious meal if I want one, if I've overdone it for the week or something along those lines. I pick a different set of food items out of 35 prepared meals at the start of every week, and voila, it's at my front door. It's awesome. Head to Factormeals.com slash Cameron50 and use code Cameron50 to get 50% off. Doing you right, people. That's code Cameron50 at Factormeals.com slash Cameron50 to get 50% off. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Fire Belichick. Starting to get there, isn't it? I thought they would hold back, maybe, but uh, yeah, it's got a little bit of a, a Bowden feel to this thing. Tom Brady's not running through that tunnel anymore. The thing is, is now that you know that how unlucky he is in a way, because because Tom Brady went on to become Tom Brady, we forget that the first 10 years Tom Brady was in the league, it really wasn't Tom Brady, and it was more Bill Belichick because their defense dominated the day. But now we don't remember that, so it's all like, well, Bill, you were nothing. You were a bum. Well, he was great. He might have been spying on other teams' practices for a while before he got caught, but that defense was always really, really good. Yeah. It's good this year. It's yeah. good this year. Yeah, it's good this year. It's good this year. It's just a weird thing to watch play out, man. If you stay too long, this is what happens to every legend. You stand up, you're out there watching your Bailey Zappies of the world throwing around to a 27.2 QBR, and you're like Bill freezing his ass off staring at the moon. He was never a good GM. Blind with regret. That's the thing. <laughs> they they had a couple of reclamation projects that they brought on. Yeah. Uh, Corey Dillon is the uh, leading candidate. Oh, he did. He for, There was a time where he did it several times over. Yeah. Fred Taylor, Corey Dillon. You can go back. Yeah. Well, I mean, Randy Moss really in a weird I mean, way. None of those guys really were, you know, draft picks. You know, not, there, there aren't, you know, dozens of those. And he's been there long enough to sh- that he should have dozens of those kinds of examples. Yeah. So think about this to your point. The you look at the roster and these are the early round early round whiffs. Taquan Thornton, Nikhil Harry, first round draft pick. Sony Michelle, that was your guy. It's unfortunate. He got hurt a bunch though. That was, he's a good player. He was not what you thought he would be. I've whiffed too. It's okay to say it. 
I say, <laughs> I'm not afraid of saying that stuff, but hang on. Yeah, it's Tony Bichot. Injury busts are not the same thing I as agree, performance busts. I agree, but it busts. wasn't completely injury bust with Sony Michelle. He wasn't as good as we thought he would be. Isaiah Wynn, first-round draft choice. Uh, they paid a ton of money for a receiver like Nelson Aguilar. That didn't help. Devontae Parker. Uh, Jacoby Myers went with the Raiders, left. You know, it's all kind of just... Tough times, tough times. It's I, I'm not losing sleep over it. it doesn't bother me. I mean, no, good. No. I mean, they dominated the league in a way that we'll never see again. I don't think. Probably not. Probably not, right? I mean, that was insane. The Chiefs have had a pretty good run here the last it's four a, or five years. It's a good run, but they're falling to pieces right now too. They, they have are. zero in the way of receivers. They got a couple of Lombardis, but you know, old Tom Brady just owned their ass in Tampa, so yes, it's not they, quite a dynasty. Yeah. Nope. It's uh, close to it, though. There's two rings plus another appearance. <laughs> they got it's not quite on the level of what they did coming out the gates in the in the Belichick era. Uh, no. I just I want to make sure I put my order in for NFC South champions again. <laughs> <laughs> Since we're here, yeah, that's, yeah. Wave the banner, baby. Just don't put the record underneath the banner for 2023. Uh, just don't be standing in the pirate ship when they wave the banner. It's going to be a smelly area. That is, um, I got, by the way, the, the, the number one thing that has to happen after this year has nothing to do with Belichick and everything to do with Brandon Staley. Can we get that sorry son of a bitch out of here? The Chargers are wasting so much talent. It's littered all over the field. You're going, what are you doing? You're a bum. The biggest bum in the sport. You're like, you're the equivalent of Kadaris Tony. Of receivers, that's you as a coach, just a bum. Good work out of you, good work, director. Be well, everybody. Have a great night.